Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brendan with Evoke Bikes. So I am back from Nationals. Well, I'm actually still in Florida, about to hit the road, head back towards North Carolina to the mountains. Good thing I did some mountain training for this race. Uh, what I want to do is just talk about the race. It was I learned a lot. It was a really good race. I would probably classify this as my best race Nationals. So maybe I'll put some timestamps in. I want to talk pre-race, the lead-up in training, how I was feeling, um, then the actual race, and then there's not too much post-race to talk about, but this one will definitely include some stories, and maybe it's not just going to be a Watt-focused race. So I'll try to put some timestamps in, or just skip forward, actually, because I'm going to try and post this right away. Um, if you want to just hear about the Watts, that'll be more in the race portion of this. So pre-race, you know, nationals is the one that every amateur wants that's going there. If you go back and look at the reg list, it is a ton of hitters. I mean, it's, it sounds corny, but I'm super thankful to be in this race. Um, I talked to a couple of athletes that were just like, man, I would love to be in there and experience it. And it's really, it's such a cool race. Um, there's, you just cannot waste energy. If you do, you're not going to win. It's your attack has to be primo. It's got to be at the right time. It has to be in the, with the right representation of athletes. Um, simply because there are big teams that show up, you know, best buddies was there hit squad. You've got elbows there. Chris Tully, huge sprinter. Um, Mike Spikes from California. I'm forgetting one of these other teams' names. I don't. I didn't recognize them, but they are well represented. A couple Kelly Benefits riders, even though they didn't have a full squad, those guys are always ripping. Um, the thing that we had to be cognizant of, it was just myself and Jack White. So two guys that are usually super aggressive. Getting in an early move on a flat course when we're going fast, plus heat coming on later in the day is probably not going to be a wise move for us. It also means that we have to race like we don't normally race. We are both. Jack even joked in one of my comments, like, nah, dude, we're getting in the early break. And we talked before it was like, we, we just can't do that. That being said, if a move goes up the road and every team is represented, we kind of have to be there but can't fully commit to something. I always think of Max Chorus made a comment when he won amateur nationals in Georgia. This is probably 2013. He had said, you know, he was on bike reg. So they had a lot of guys always being represented in the move. And he's like, I didn't fully commit until I knew it was the move. So you're pulling through, you're not holding things up, but you're not going full in until you know, like, Hey, some I'm I'm spending some energy to make sure this stays away. Okay, this is this is the move. Now I race this from this group of people. And I don't know if I'm verbalizing that correctly, but meaning like if you have a lot of guys, you always have someone in the move. But you still want to make sure you have something so that you win from the move. So it's this delicate balance of like doing enough work so that your compatriots do works, so you stay away, but not blowing yourself up before you get to the end so that you have nothing left and you come in fourth place. Like you're racing for the win. So 
There were a couple times, well, we'll get to all this in the race scenario. What I want to talk about is I do have a video coming out more detailed of the injury I had. I'm I'm probably at, it's one of those injuries where you just have to stay on the rehab. Like getting off the bike is not going to change the, the speed of it. It's my QL and it affects my hip flexor. And really, I would say I'm... It's nothing that's going to hamper my performance, um, which was great because I really was disappointed about this, having trained a bunch through COVID and probably a little bit too much. That's what would happen. I, you know, hit the the gym was an issue for me. Um, I was hitting it too often and too heavy. So lesson learned, just like James Piccoli said in the podcast we did, sometimes you find the limit by going up towards it and hitting it. And I hit it a little bit too hard. So good lesson learned. Um, went away to Utah for my husband's birthday. Had five days off. Got to do some uh, some hiking out there. Came back. Went to the Johnson City Road Race. Uh, just you know, got in a break. It was a disappointing day for me in just terms of I was dead after three hours. Um, definitely dead sooner than I normally would be but it's because I took five days off. You know, people take a lot of time off and then they're like, it was my electrolytes or it was my whatever. It's like, no, you just didn't ride for five days. Your body's, use it or lose it. Your body's not ready to go that hard after uh, so much time off. So I knew that's what it was. Had a huge week coming back, you know, 20, almost 25 hours of riding and was ready to go back and do Tonga. So I've been hiking now on my rest days, just easy hikes. Um, did a couple, did a lift session. Uh, let me see how I, if I felt good on that one. Oh, no, I actually felt like my QL. I was like, oh, and this is foreshadowing. Did a deadlift and it didn't feel amazing. Ride felt really good though and did some... Uh, ended up switching up this workout more towards like splitting up the VO2 max efforts based around some KOMs, some four to seven minute KOMs. I actually make this a workout for some athletes where you do warm up, do two efforts within like the first hour and a half, then ride 30 minutes to another area, do two more, ride 30 minutes to another area and do two more at the end. The last two being super hard. The reason I want to do those on KOMs is like James Piccoli talked about, you're more likely to be able to really send it if you're chasing something, whether it be someone or a space in time or a KOM. Make them around four to seven minutes. And uh, this was a good workout. I'll actually, we could look at it just in training peaks real quickly. I never really look at training peaks in these views. So you can see I did one. You know, I'm not used to looking at it here. Let's look at it in here. It's like, just looks really sloppy in there. You can see one, two, one, two. This one kind of sucked. And then I was pretty dead and, and brought it back up for the last one. Uh, still a really, see, this is why I like testing. So if I use these very similar dashboards, this one's based off 90 days. It's going to have this lower FTP. This one's off of 150 days where my FTP is above 400. Uh, 27 minutes of high quality VO2 max time. 
this one's going to show you 33 minutes and it's going to say 14 minutes. And I don't have, that's incorrect. This is one reason why I think testing is a good thing or just keeping the main metrics fresh. Um, it's going to skew some of your data points. So either way, really good VO2 day. And then an endurance ride, did a couple threshold efforts, then went down to tour North Georgia. Came in fourth and in second. Um, I should put that in here so that I can quickly look back in the future and see how things went. It was hot down there. Another great, great week of training. And then, so that's one week, two weeks, three weeks, did a couple of maximal hill efforts, did some mid-rise, mid-ride sprinting. And then this is what I want to talk about. Um, had a good week. Be nimble before your big race. It seems like when there's a big race, a lot of uh, life just gets busy. Um, things come up. You're often trying to pack, get ready. Um, it was about to rain and I did a big ride here and, you know, some of these four hour rides, it was going to rain this day. And I was like, you know what? I was driving down to Florida. I'm like, I'm just going to drive this day because Monday is a huge day for me for work. And I also wanted to get some heat rides in there. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to drive all the way. 800 miles on paper sounded like a lot less than a thousand. The, the drive from Memphis that I used to do to Florida was brutal. It was 14 to 15 hours, depending on how much you stop. I have the Princess Lala with me now. So we had to stop a few more times. 800 miles took a lot. It took a lot out of me. I'm like, I'd, someone call me out if I'm ever that guy. I'm about to be 40. I really try not to say because I'm getting old, but it's the reality that driving 800 miles when you're almost 40 is way different than when you're 25. And I, I, I hate that because, you know, Brian Cardona, I always would think when I would, when I would be racing and I was maybe 28 and be, what do you know? Are you 10 years older than me? But he's like, dude, getting closer to 40 recovery, recovery is hard. I'm like, whatever, man, shut up. He's so right. And so just as I tell my friends who are dads, I know there's a thing called dad watts and I get it, but there are those athletes that it's, I feel like they too often rely on that they're a father and that that means that every ride is an asterisk, but it's like, oh, but I'm a dad. Oh, but I'm a dad. It's like, well, I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, but I'm almost 40. So if I start doing that, please tell me to be quiet. I just want to add context to my fellow masters athletes. Being one now, I can truly understand where you're coming from in in how some people choose races. You know, I go to a people went to Tonga. I did the two road races because I actually want to do well in the races that are helping me prepare for bigger events like the Masters Nationals Road Race or the Amateur Nationals Road Race. I'm not going to do the time trial and the crit that's going to totally smoke me. Um, I got to pick and choose. You just don't recover as fast. So not an excuse. There are zero excuses, but it provides context. So I just want to add that asterisk into people like, yo, dude, don't, don't be that guy. So anyways, I get down to Florida, get a bunch of work done early, go out for a ride, did not get to go out until 1230. 
that was hot. That was a death march. 97. Um, I felt great. And then around hour three, I died. Good reminder to sit in this weekend. It's going to be a scorcher. Another interesting thing is very interesting. Uh, another interesting thing that's very interesting. Heart rate TSS versus TSS. When you toggle, I'm going to keep it as TSS, but it just highlights how damn hot it was. Next day, same thing. I don't even think I did VO2 max. Um, you know, just did a couple, just rode easy. And then the gym was closed and I was like, okay, there was a water main break. I was kind of bummed. I really like to lift four days before. So I have three days of recovery, nothing crazy, but I do some heavy lifting really makes my legs feel good. Makes my body feel like you just get that shred. Um, I try to keep it high weight, low reps. I do do some like, so five by threes, maybe five by five, kind of got to do it by feel. Um, it's definitely some work. The next day though, I was feeling a, the heat took it out of me. So this was the run-up that we had going into nationals. Uh, a couple of people were like, dude, these are like long rides. I don't do huge tapers. And I want to be careful what I say out here because, again, I don't want to make this sound like I'm downplaying nationals. For me, after Utah and finally getting back full steam ahead, talking to Tom, I was like, listen, man, the nationals course with it being flat, it's not a great race for me. Um, it's probably going to be a late race move. There's a lot of big teams. Like, I, I don't want to say it's a B race because it's not. It's nationals. But I kind of want to treat it as a B race. Like, I want to train up and through it. Like, I'm going in at – this is four weeks of training. One, two, three, fourth week, go race nationals. Um, I don't like when athletes finish a race – and they're like, oh, well, I'm training for something else uh, when they say that at the race. It, it kind of is like, dude, don't take something away from the guy that won. Like, don't, don't say that you didn't come prime. Like, I went to nationals to win, no doubt. But because I had some questions, like, from Strava, hey, man, why are you riding so much? Well, I don't think it's a bad – I don't think it's a bad thing. If I rode Sunday, this would have been a big ride. This would have been a recovery ride. I still would have done a big ride on Tuesday. And then take three relatively easy days going into it. Wednesday, I realized I didn't read the rules correctly. And I realized I had to get a COVID shot. I was kind of tired. I was still trying to catch up on things from work. It was like, you know what? I'm not even going to ride. I don't want to be out in that heat. I'm going to take the day off. And then Thursday, I had a good ride. I had done some sprints a couple days before, I believe. Let's see here. Oh, no, I tried a couple. They were more like threshold efforts. So then Thursday, I did do a few of the sprints, a um, couple little VO2 max openers. And then Friday, we go to the race, drive five hours. It actually ended up being six with Lala. Chris is in the car. He's going to do the feed zone for me. It was amazing to have him there. You got to be attuned to the fact that your spouse is spending a day in the car with you to then go stand in the feed zone. And so we go, it's pouring rain through this drive. 
We get the numbers, it stopped raining. And so I'm like, maybe I'll go do this opener's ride. We drive through 30 minutes of rain to the hotel. It's clear. He's super hungry. Um, it's like four o'clock by the time we check in. And there was the bike racer on my shoulder who's like, this is nationals. Go do the opener's ride. And then there's the husband part of me and human that's like, wait, you're in the middle of nowhere, Florida. Are you seriously going to leave this dude? So you go ride for an hour and then come back. And then you're going to have to clean the bike. You're going to have to get ready. You're going to try to then eat. And he's already going to have eaten. And like, dude, it just can't be all about you right now. And the 25-year-old me is laughing, like, go on the bike ride. And I was, you know, I really thought, is this opener's ride really going to change my race? No, it's not. Will it be way less chaotic if I don't kid up and go for this hour to hour and a half ride? Yeah. So I skipped the ride. And I was like, whatever. Just And I, the race being at 7 a.m., I was getting up at 4 a.m., we went to bed at 7.30 and I pa- I was tired. I passed out by 8. That was the move. And so this piece of the podcast is be nimble. Like took this day off, shifted these days around because I ended up leaving this day, skipped the opener's ride. Like <laughs> little things were going wrong that week. Like I went and got my bike and like the bar tape was all jacked up. And I was just, you know you're listening to this like, dude, it's bar tape. It takes 20 to 30 minutes. It was one of those weeks where with the travel, with work, Chris coming in on Wednesday, I also, you know, when somebody arrives, even though it's your husband and someone in your family, like you don't want to only be focused on the bike. Like there's gotta be balance and you want everybody to be happy, having a good time. I didn't want it to be just about nationals. Um, and kind of taking away that stress made me feel a little bit better going into the race. Um, got everything fixed up, got to the race, um, warmed up 30 minutes. And I was like, all right, here we go. Like, I'm ready to rip this. I felt really good going into it. So all things considered, like, I think it also highlights that you don't need for a road race and don't, you don't want to be too fresh. Ideally, what I would do if I was treating this for an A race, and we'll talk more about this when I go to do um, Masters Nationals, what I'm going to do here, this probably won't become a rest week. I will do, and we'll have to see, I am going to drive out there, openers, VO2 max openers, a rest day, hard ride, rest day, two days of riding hard. Whoa, that just got really big. Two days of riding hard here. Um, you want to do one hard ride a week out for sure. This will probably just be an endurance ride. I'll probably try and go ham here. I don't know what the format is for this Grand Fondo. And then some people say reduce the volume. And I used to always say that. I think that it's, it's a, it's a blend of reducing volume and intensity. I know some people say keep the intensity and just reduce the volume. Depends what kind of intensity you're doing. If you're really banging it, I don't know if you want to do that, especially because it's taking away from the aerobic side of things. I think there's going to be more that comes from that. Um, This would be a hard ride. We'll lay that out in the future. But I think the taper, 
a two week taper is still, you're still riding the week before. I think what I want to focus on and understanding more too is where do you place that rest week most effectively with the taper? I really think it's the, this would be maybe a rest week if it fits in and then train here and then taper. It's, it's so individualized though. Like there's no template. I even had an athlete that we're talking about, he just came off a good race. He's got a rest week. And then we're going to train hard for two weeks, take a rest week so that then he can train into a race. And then, so have that week of training and then roll into his big A race. It all depends on where things fall. So pre-race, be nimble, got the heat training in. Even though it's only two days, it kind of reacclimated me to what the heat was like that I'm used to in Tennessee um, doing the long endurance rides and going into the race. Now, this is gonna be a long video. Race. What I've broken this down into is we have the entire race. We have the race before I make a bridge move. We have the being in the move until the finish, then individually getting clear from the group what uh, me and a break of four people before we get uh, joined by eight others, I want to say. And then this is right before we get caught. Oh, thanks, mom. And this is the final sprint. So what happens is we're in the race and I'm thinking the whole time, bide your time, cover moves that might look dangerous. Don't go full send in them. Just be there. Things were getting absorbed very quickly. What I like to look for is how fast do moves go up the road and how fast do they get caught? I don't think this is talked about much. How much of a leash is given? In the first hour, we are absolutely flying. And if I cut this out, I should have taken this real quick. I thought I did. When we look here in the first hour of racing, I remember thinking, wow, this is really fast. And you can see, here, we'll do this. Look at that. I mean, that's all these spikes before it settles down, 53 minutes, averaging 29.2 miles an hour. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, when we look at this too, I'm doing a really good job of coasting 46% saving energy, but still 12 and a half percent is anaerobic. So when we're going, we're going hard. And in that time, we start down there. You can see the map. I don't know why it's not dragging probably cause I'm recording. So that's two laps. I want to say, um, this was the finish. And you go through the feed zone here and then you take a right and you go, it's kind of dips and comes up slightly. You turn a corner. There was a little bit of headwind. You would take a right and go through this funky, like the entrance gate. And this always got a little hairy in here. It's just a couple turns, but it would get strung out and there was wind coming. Was it on this road? I want to say, but either way you come into the last corner and sprint for the finish. So 
we'll take a look, I guess, at the whole race real quickly. Um, did a good job conserving energy. A lot of time at active recovery. Hour and a half. Endurance, 35 minutes. Excuse me. Smashing well above threshold then for about 45. Uh, 11 minutes of FRC work. That's a lot. Definitely for me. Um, have a good anaerobic engine, but like, I don't know. I don't like going super deep. I'd rather be going at threshold. The stats, um, I guess before we, before I bridge up to a break, uh, we're going almost 29 miles an hour. So fast. So you're going to have to be going, you're going to have to haul to get clear. Um, I took it up half a mile an hour faster the thing was it started to get warm and we'll take a look at that real quickly. The temperature, it got hot three hours in, it starts to hit 80 and the sun was beating down. I mean, towards the end, you could tell some people were cramping a couple guys I watched just cramp out. Um, I think I had a benefit from the fact that a four hour ride for me, even if it's not hot, I'm doing those long duration rides very often. So before bridging, it's very, very, um, very fast. We're coming down the road here with just a lap and a half to go. And so a lap is only 12 miles. So there's probably 15 miles left in this race. Three guys, whoops, three guys are up the road and they've had the longest leash possible. So the strategy aspect that I'm thinking is I go up to Jack. I'm like, how you feeling, man? And he's like, I feel good. He's like, I think I might wait to the sprint. And I'm like, yeah, you think it's going to come to that? He's like, well, I think when these guys get caught, it's going to be mayhem and then a sprint. I'm like, well, I want to take a flyer at some point. I don't want to wait for the sprint. And I'm thinking, though, that waiting for a lap to go might be too late. Like then everybody's going to be trying to go buck wild. And it becomes a numbers game then. It's like who – Attacks over the top with the right group, with only two of us there, guessing right is going to become incredibly hard to do. So we're like, okay, let's just see what happens. And this is probably 20 miles to go that we're having this conversation. We turn the corner and Best Buddies is on the front and uh, Elbows is right behind them. So I'm like, well, this doesn't bode well because Best Buddies, they're not stupid. They're going to keep these guys close. They're going to close it down. They've got an incredible sprint in uh, Danny and Michael Hernandez. Um, you've got Marcotte and um, oh my God, Travis McCabe. Those guys can take flyers if need be. So Chris Tully's there to sprint. I, I, I'm not going to win a sprint, um, and I'm not here to, to try and get a top 10. Like I want to go and try to win. So we turn the corner going south through the entrance gate, about 15 miles to go. And I was waiting for a sign of something. And this guy kind of just comes across me and almost takes my wheel out. And I'm like, man, are people starting to get antsy already? I'm like, this is the time. And Best Buddies had it lined out. We're on a super wide part of the road. And I'm like, I'm going to bridge to these guys. And if they don't have what it takes to keep rolling, I'm going to try and roll on. And maybe people bridge up to me or maybe they bobble this one. 
Like maybe they are waiting for the sprint. Maybe there's too much looking at each other. I feel really good. And in the past few races at Tonga, I had a really good bridge move, um, which I never caught the three, but I felt like I was one of the stronger riders there. That's a regional race. That's not nationals. But I think a mistake that people make is they're always looking for the perfect card to play. Like, there's not going to be a perfect hand. This is why it's not, hey, wait and play your full house or whatever the best hand in poker is. It's roll the dice and hope for the best. Like, are you playing? Is there a chance? And yes, there's definitely a chance. This is my best chance. So it's also best buddies is on the front and they're not drilling it. Like it just, they're not fully chasing this thing down. So I'm like, I can get away from these dudes. Like, and I don't want a ton of people to come with me. So I flare out to the left and I hit it. And now we'll start looking at these metrics real quickly. Getting clear was a four minute effort at 460. You can see it's really, I come from the middle of the pack, surge out above threshold. Here's about 400 Watts. My thresholds in there. I'd say, I'd still think it's probably about plus 10. Um, and then turn the corner, gas it, high watts, gas it. And this is me coming up to the group right about here. So before 10 guys get to us, this you can see. So this was getting clear on the map right here, the red portion. This is about 18 minutes of the four of us rolling. It's 380 which I would say is pretty damn high when you're getting to come behind people. Um, this is me getting up to them right there, what we just reviewed. And then I took a couple of long pulls, 344 to 46, a couple minute ones. I want us to really stay clear. Also, these guys hadn't been out there longer than I had. Ignore this elevation. It is 20 feet, so it's, it's nothing. Um, we were rolling pretty well. And right here on the top north side of the course is when uh, about eight or 10 more guys come up to us. So the next 11 minutes felt very long. We're going quickly. You can see there's no real long pulls. When I'm pulling, I'm pulling hard. I'm committing to this. Um, a guy from Lux who he actually won the U23 road race, I believe, the day before, attacked here with one other guy, I followed that move. I'm still feeling really good. <sighs> we can start to see, I guess it was best buddies. Only Michael Hernandez was in our group. They, uh, elbows started the chase and then best buddies finished it off with about, we are, you know, what a mile to the finish, 5k to the finish. We start to get caught and it was a really interesting catch. I had mentioned before that in this area is where it got strung out. As the group came up to us, though, it was we were still going so fast that I'm starting to sit up thinking, damn, this is over. The next couple guys that pass me are guys in the break. And I look and I'm like, oh, this is still strung out. Like, is this going to stay strung out? And so I file in and we still keep hitting it. And I'm like, damn, okay, maybe this is going to come to a chance where I can make a move with like, a K to go or half a K to go, like just before the finish. And so we're basically caught. Um, 
and I'm actually curious in that move. Yeah, see, I'm doing a decent job of conserving and then motoring when I must motor. In the last three minutes, you know, I don't know if I misplayed this. Um, right here, we come around the corner, sprinting out of the corner. I mean, we are basically at the finish. There is a quick lull, and I'm like, this is it. And I hit it. I make a solid attempt to get away. There's a bunch of dudes on my wheel. I guess in retrospect, I should have just sat up. I mean, I wasn't getting away, but I'm like, maybe I look out and it's strung out and there are people falling off the back. I'm like, maybe we get around this corner. The corner to the finish, it was longer. I shouldn't have sat on the front here. At this point, I'm, I'm kind of conceding that I'm not going to win. Um, I think that was a big error. I should have sat up, but see if you sit up and you're on the front, like people are going to come attacking around you. It's going to be hard to latch onto that. So I think I was kind of screwed either way. Um, my race was over. So I just drilled it to the corner, took the corner, pulled off to the left, pretty gassed, and people started. Uh, so this is me going around the corner. I go to people start sprinting. Um, or really like ramping it up. Michael ramped it up for his teammate who won from best buddies. I give it a little kick and roll to the finish. So all in all, man, one of the comments was dude, if people had looked around for a little bit longer, that big group was gone. Kudos to best buddies. I mean, they're one of those teams that they're experienced enough. They have the ability to to control the race. There were times when there would be a break going up the road. It got a little bit too far. Two of them got on the front and pulled the back. I mean, the course is so fast and they're super strong. I mean, look, look, look at these guys that are there. Um, you know, it's former pro road national champions, former pro. If you've been following crit beef national champions, look at their Palmares. Like these are guys that I'm, super humble to be in a race with. Um, when these guys were winning national championships and crushing, I definitely was not on the endurance sport uh, pathway. And that's not an excuse, but hopefully that's motivating to you that if you're watching this video and you're like, I'm just a cat five, I'm just a cat four. We all started there. We, I mean, my first bike races were in basketball shorts. I had no idea what I was doing. Now, the path is not from basketball shorts to this race. It is a long journey. I've been chasing, uh, is this my fifth nationals? Sixth, maybe. Did it in Georgia a few times, Maryland or Kentucky a few times, Maryland here. I have to go back and count. But, you know, we're in this age because of the internet and also because of some online stuff, everyone thinks they're going to become their best in a year just doesn't work that way in endurance sports, which is a great thing. This is a journey. It's a process. So yeah, the things I want to make sure I talked about was that speed in the first hour. Oh, and after 50 minutes, like it wasn't until 50 minutes in and then when everything's getting pulled back so quickly that like people started chatting a little bit. It was really interesting to see that. Um, watching the early move, conserving, and really understanding that making that bridge at that time was the right move because if it 
if the group got caught and then everyone's attacking over the top of each other, I don't want to play that numbers game. I want to try and see if we can get away and maybe best buddies or elbows or whoever's chasing just doesn't have the gusto to do it. They did though. And so, you know, played that move. I think it was a great hand to play. I replayed this a lot in my head after the race. And simply the fact of how many strong guys were left, it was really, it was one that I'm, I'm proud to have played. Um, the only other hand I could have played is maybe if I could have waited even longer and could I have lit a match with, you know, a K to go and having not spent energy up until then, maybe, but at the same time, there are guys that are stronger anaerobically. They'll probably be on my wheel and then attack over me that like you can play it hindsight's 2020. I I don't think that's my move. I don't know. Maybe I should try it some other time. But the other, the other factor is you have to hope that that hand is opened up to you. Like what if guys stay away? Or what if there's 10 of you and now you're trying to get away from 10 guys and you're all fresh? Like that's probably not going to happen either. It's bike racing. So I, I think I've posted out there like Eric Marcotte and I posted in a blog before a couple gravel worlds ago. He was upset with me because he didn't think I was pulling through. And I don't think Eric knows how strong he is. And Eric's a beast. He is he is a G. And I think he is somebody that I've always looked up to in this sport because he is a chiropractor. He runs a business. He is a killer bike racer on another level. And it, it made me so disappointed that, I, that this guy thought I was kind of, excuse my language, a douche bike racer. And... We kind of like, I, I asked him at this Grand Fondo, I'm like, hey, dude, like, he made a comment to me there, like, oh, I know how you ride. He, he didn't think I would, like, work. And I, I'm like, dude, I do tons of work. Like, I'm just trying to be really smart if I get in a break with Eric Marcotte because he's a beast. I want to try and beat Eric. Like, you want to try and beat the people that you look up to. And he had made the comment, I won't go fully into this now, but he was like, hey, man, somebody sent me your blog, da 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 just you know, remember that if people are yelling at you to work, it's because we think that you can. And so, you know, I tried to get Eric on the podcast. I didn't get a response on Instagram. I don't know if he uses IG as much uh, as I do. And so I see him at the beginning of the race. I'm just like, cool, Eric's here, like boss dude. Uh, after the race, he rolled up to me. and was like, hey, man, great race. You really read that well, racing without many teammates, like good timing. And I was like, I was kind of taken aback. I was like, yo, dude, thank you. Like, that means so much for me. And of course, I'm a dumbass. I quickly go from his compliment to me making this an ask, which is like such poor timing. But I was really, it was like one of those times where someone that you look up to is like, great race. It really meant so much to me. And I was like, yo, dude, you got to come on the podcast. It's like, the, Eric, my bad, dude. The dumbest timing. Um, but he was like, uh yeah and i was like and i'll tell you why later i was trying to roll to the feed zone and then i was like he's probably like, what the what is this guy talking about and i was like you just got so much experience dude and he was like thumbs up and i was like that was weird brendan that was poor timing but eric yo you gotta come on man you have so many amazing training insights that so many people would benefit from i think it'd be a really interesting conversation so i will hit you up and hopefully we'll get you on <laughs> um Super shout out to Lala and Chris 
who did the feed zone. The feed zone was crazy. I've never seen more drop bottles because we were coming through at basically 27. Like we tried to slow down to 24 miles an hour. Um, Yames, I, I gave you crap for dropping bottles at Tonga. I think I dropped two bottles, three bottles this weekend. Um, luckily got enough of them and Ariel Owen's girlfriend, shout out to you. Save the day. Got me one when I really needed it. Electrolytes in all the bottles. Um, having some interesting, interesting conversations with people about electrolytes. Do we need the electrolytes that you see on something like science and sport that has like all these different things listed, or can you just get enough electrolytes for something like sea salt, which I've been using a la Ted King in my drink mixes, uh, that are more homemade. Who knows? Um, I'm going to look more into that. But great race. I'm not disappointed. I'm pretty – I don't know why I kept this, like, super tiny camera the whole time. Um, pumped with how this came out. Very motivating to still be at the pointy end of the race with this quality field. I'm looking forward to the the rest of the season. Um, looking forward to doing Georgia games, doing a Grand Fondo, having some friends in Asheville. I don't know if I'm going to do the state crit. Um, just haven't really been doing crits and not really excited about them. Do another Grand Fondo, Masters Nationals, maybe on Gravel Worlds. I don't have a shifter. There's some other. I now live in North Carolina. Might do the state road race, doing a big Vermont trip in September. And then let's see what happens out here. So thanks for watching. Hope this is motivating to you to get out there. And as Dirk Friel says in his trading podcast, uh, sign up for the next big event. And hopefully you see that every athlete in the pro one field, pro one, two races all started out just like you. If you're a cat four, it's a journey. It takes time. It takes learning. I've been doing this a really long time. And I'm still learning and I'm still growing and you can still get faster. Um, and to my dad friends, don't, I'm not making fun of you guys for saying dad Watts. Uh, just don't make an excuse and like an asterisk to performance, just as I'm not going to make an asterisk to getting old, to looking through the reg list. And, and I had some thoughts of, you know, I looked through the reg or the results list in George and I was like, damn, dude. Shout out Brendan Sullivan. He's always there in the races. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like three years older than the next oldest person. Like, what am I doing out here? Screw it. Love doing it. I'm going to still be out there. And uh, look forward to racing with some Masters people in Albuquerque. Always ridiculous fields out at Masters Nationals. Maybe a better result. Either way, I hope it's as awesome of a journey and an awesome learning experience. Just get better than you were the day before. See you guys later.